0: You are listening to the Red Leaf Retrocast, your best location to learn, remember, and relive the past to the present. I hope you enjoy today's retro gaming episode. I hope you go down memory lane with us, relive some nostalgia, or at the very least, enjoy listening to a bunch of guys talk about old video games. And now, on to the show. weekend another podcast recording it's the red leaf retrocast episode 37 retro great retro gray edition <laughs> retro games we're talking puzzle games we're talking some of the most famous puzzle games i'm your host jd and i'm joined here with my buddy colin how you doing Hello, everybody. I'm doing
1: pretty good. I'm still getting used to living at home with my folks, working that out with my work schedule, and trying to find time to play more Kingdom Hearts (laughs) 3.
0: Oh, man. That's something we were discussing uh, precast. Man, it's... it's... What do you think of the reviews? They seem awfully high to me. Do you think it's just modern gaming reviews being modern gaming reviews?
1: I haven't really been looking... Actively at the reviews, because I'm trying to avoid spoilers at all costs, but it's i don't know i mean i guess they i guess they like the graphics, they like the gameplay, and I guess a bunch of them are fans of the series, so they also enjoy the story okay, and I've noticed the further I get in the game, the less well, sora's not nearly as cringy now as he was at the very beginning not doing any of that stupid
0: <laughs> flexing oh shit. Uh, yeah the go- the goofiness is toned down a bit um yeah all right all right
1: and now that i'm kind of used to so many different kinds of gameplay being put in like whether it's the gummy ship or the the little game and watch games just all these different all these different things that you can screw
0: around with um i'm, I'm kind of digging it now it's not so overwhelming. It's finally rolling through. Well, at least that's good. That's a that's a yeah. positive. Uh I've been playing War Groove. It's uh it's a game we're going to be cover covering in February um or February games. It's uh it's really it's a uh turn-based strategy, which is a uh topic and theme that we discussed on a previous uh, retro gaming episode for those kind of games and I'm really loving it. It's, uh, it's much nice. more complicated and um, challenging than I was initially inspecting, or inspecting, expecting. <laughs> oh my God, my words, my words today. I'm a little bit tired. <laughs> yeah, you've been celebrating your birthday. It's I have. only totally natural. <laughs> yeah. Plus the three, the three bowling tournaments this week, I won all three of them. So that's really good. I almost bowled a perfect game last night. I went nice. ten in a row. Left a corner pin at the end. I was like, oh, so close. <laughs> there was even a um, there was even a challenge at the end where it was running almost uh, to midnight, and um, me and a few guys we all bowled with our opposite hand, bowled left handed. Oh, yeah. I only threw a one ten with the left hand. <laughs> 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 Massive <laughs> difference in skill. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> It should have been higher. I was very disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) So, that's what I've been up to. Uh, This is episode 37. We were supposed to be joined by Gylo from Retro Twitch, but he's had some family emergencies, so unfortunately he couldn't make it. Just you and me again today, Colin. Indeed. Indeed. The show must go on. The show must go on. That's okay. Family comes first. Mm Mm-hmm. We could, Or should we say some horrible things? <laughs> Just horrible. Traitor. Traitor, how dare you look after your family. <laughs> they can look after themselves. <laughs> this class cannot. <laughs> I live in America. There's no such thing as free healthcare. Just let them die. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. The agenda we got today is uh, probably we'll talk uh, some more little games we've been playing. We'll talk uh, some of the most famous puzzle games that have come out. Maybe a little game called Tetris. Maybe you've heard of it. <laughs> and we got eight games to go so through, so we got what? plenty to talk about. <laughs> yeah. So I mentioned Wargroove. The other game I've been playing has been two of them, and that's Apex Legends. Oh, yeah. How's that? Well, it's a game that came out of nowhere, and I had no idea I would like this game <laughs> Nice and Colin, you should get it. It's free to play oh, cool download p s four I'm just wary of the fact that it's an e a game uh well, or is um it? I mean it's published by e a uh however. The um, it's made by the Titanfall people, right? And yeah. supposedly it's a bu- It's like a beginning build for Titanfall Three. Oh yeah. So it will be, according to them, it will be coming. And it, also, according to the developers, uh, they said that EA was hands off with this entire project. Oh, that that's good. And it makes total sense because this game is really good. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I think I'll I think I'll take a look. Yeah. Usually battle royal battle royale games and the like aren't my thing. They usually aren't my jam. Um but hey, if a game is fun and addicting to play, then count me in, sure shit. Apex Legends hits all the right notes. Uh even its loot box system, you, you do this is I mean, if you're not charging people you know, outrageous things in order to to get your upgrades and whatnot. Uh, this system they have in place where you get a loot box every time you level up is good. That's the way it should be, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that was what Overwatch was doing for a while. Yeah. So my question, my my, my concern later is when you reach a certain apex level, and I use I use that pun intentionally. Uh, then you're not going to be earning anything anymore, right? Oh yeah. You won't be able to get those loot boxes. I I didn't see a way that you can spend in-game currency to get loot boxes. The the, the game loot boxes. That's so that's a big concern I have um, for the long term that people will just be pumping money into it for the sake of pumping money into it. Oh yeah. Um. It looks like a lot of your experience is tied to how good you are at the game, so I suppose that makes sense. It, you know, for bad players, it, the incentive to keep playing isn't uh, maybe as high as it should be, but I'm really nitpicking cuz the gameplay is really solid. Uh I'm having fun with it. Drew from who used to be a host on the Modern cast, we've been we've been playing together. He's really good, so he's kind of trying to teach me things. So <laughs> Cool.
1: I think, I'll, I think I'll check it out after I'm done with Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Or just whenever my parents are around, because I, I kind of prefer to play Kingdom Hearts without them in Oh, the house. sure.
0: For sure, sure. Yeah, you want your peace and quiet. Exactly. So, I, incur- I encourage you to to join me and play some rounds. Um, the, if it's free, then why not? Yeah, I mean, it can't hurt. It's about a 26 gig download, so... Yeah, I I just got a four terabyte hard drive, external hard drive for my PS4, so it's not small potatoes. There you go. And then I've been playing the Division Two Private Beta. Oh yeah. How's yeah, that? I, I got into it, uh, which was really nice. Haven't been able to sync as much time as I've wanted to put in because, you know, birthday weekend, other things uh have been take, <laughs> taking priority. But uh like Thursday and Friday I got to put I got to put the hours in and um also really fun it's meeting all the expectations and worries that i had uh you know it's uh there's some frame rate drops every now and again but uh the the chugging i think this is an early beta build see unlike anthem uh that was only like a few weeks out from release and just a month or two before release this build was made I think the Division 2, this build for the beta was a while ago, that's what it feels like. Okay. And they put a lot of effort into it, the uh, The amount of content in this, in this beta is really good. You have main missions, you have side missions that are super challenging, uh, it introduces basically what the whole game is gonna be, which is really nice. It feels truly like what a demo should be, right? oh nice and i have not I'm, that in a while <laughs> it's 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 a real shame that you have to kind of go through this rigmarole of wanting and trying to play this like if you really really wanted to get into the into this uh beta and you didn't want to run the risk of not being kind of selected to be in the private beta then you had to pre-order the game right and naturally, because it's Ubisoft, there's that massive complicated table like, oh, if you get the super ultra mega edition, then you can get into this with these perks like, ugh. <laughs> well, I mean, I just I just went to Ubisoft site and I signed up and they sent me an email and I was like, hey, I got in. So uh, you I, I can't say much about the story because they're holding a lot of that back. I think I think that's clearly on purpose obviously oh yeah uh, there was a really little side note there was a really funny email sequence uh that came out like last week where they were trying to convince people to get into the or sign up for the beta or pre order the game it goes the title of the for the division two was you want to re- see a real government shutdown <laughs> oh boy because <laughs> it was during the government shutdown too or like just after it had just ended so that was yeah, really yeah. funny. I kinda I kinda chuckled. I was like, okay. Because the whole the whole premise of the game is like the whole political system has collapsed. Uh it takes place in DC, so all of DC is just a just a disaster. It's a it's it's big quarantine zone and everything. Uh like two hours later, a yeah. another email was sent out saying we apologize. <laughs> <laughs> My reaction to that was just fucking pussies. <laughs> yeah. Nothing at all was offensive about that previous email. Nothing. Yeah. Take a page Ugh. out of id Software's book and don't apologize. Yeah, okay, right. I think in this case, the apology made him look worse. Yeah. So. I think it's because they. I, I think it's because they also had came out with a statement prior that no, this game's not political, much like in the case of Far Cry Five. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, when you make comments like that, that kind of, I guess, yeah, it's in perspective. But uh, back to the game itself. Um, much of the uh, the gunplay is quite nice. The some enemies are are more bullet spongy than others which isn't um which isn't nice. However, if you realize to, and uh you know, grab your loot and get your guns, you know, upgraded and your armor upgraded, you know, upgrade your character like an RPG character would, then the game then then those bullet spongy feels essentially go away. Oh yeah. The issue i have behind it with this beta was i think this is just the theory of mine and how i how i enjoy games is let's take an rpg and you're uh wow oh, there's kaguro from the chat and twitch saying um far cry 5 and fallout got platinum congratulations Never gotten a platinum in a single game. Myself. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Not the completionist type. But anyways, um, the uh, let's take an RPG and you get to a boss battle or what have you and you're under leveled, right? Or you're yeah. trying to play a certain way. It's like, well, this round I'm not going to use magic. You can okay. get by a, a good RPG. You you can get by, and there's different ways to beat different things, right? Yeah Well, I'm not getting that feeling in Division two, because there was a couple missions in there where they just felt impossible because of the bullet sponginess at times and the oh, way yeah. the AI uh, functioned. So oh, yeah. if there's an AI with a grenade launcher or something, they'll just spam the grenades. So, because it's a cover shooter, you'll go duck and and cover, shooty shooty, bang bang, kind (laughs) of deal, right? Uh, You can't be on the cover. You're just constantly moving back and forth because this dude or dudes, it could be at times, keeps spamming grenades your way. And you lose health so quick that you're not really having fun. You you can't really do a strategy or anything. You're just you're just running and ducking, not even being able to shoot back. So uh, that was noticeable. Uh, hopefully they fix that. Uh, there was one side mission in particular. Uh, it was near. It was nearing the end of end of the beta, where I got into a group, and uh, your objective is to get to the roof. Well, there's this one one area. Um, I believe it's in a hotel. Or, yeah, I think it's a hotel. And we all get there and uh, fire, you know, we, we attack the AI. Well, A, the AI was ridiculous, where everybody in the back, there was like 20 people there, right? Yeah. There's like six dudes in the back, they all have grenades and they all throw them at the same time. Oh no. <laughs> like what? Uh there's like four people in the front that um you can see them as kind of the madness characters where they just run at you screaming. Very <laughs> fallout-esque, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um uh, well they have so much armor that you just pump a full magazine with your at the at the at the time of the beta. Or at least in this case, uh, I had the be- the best gun you could probably get, pumped a full mag into this person running at me, just like in whether it's in the face or body, it didn't matter because of all the armor they had, they're still alive. <laughs> oh yeah. So that, was, that that mission was basically impossible. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so I don't know I don't know how you'd be able to to beat that in any way personally i was trying to cheese it by like okay what i'll do is i'll uh the the team like half the team would would fall back and lure characters uh backwards and then you die immediately the other two and you'd respawn ahead of them so then you can take out the other enemies (laughs) so there's not a flood of them coming at you at once uh (laughs) but not even that works because well they're too bullet spongy oh yeah yeah but everything else was was solid. I didn't have any technical issues, no server issues. Um, a much better experience than what I went through with the Anthem beta. Oh yeah, yeah. I think
1: I, I think I recall hearing what you said on the the Modern cast.
0: Yeah, the Anthem beta was an absolute disaster. Um, a lot of technical issues. Uh, whenever I came across anything technically. Uh, Problematic in Division Two, it was just quickly solved. I mean, sh- shit, there was a like a twenty gig update or some nonsense. Oh wow! The very next day, with the, so they're fixing these things. Um, yeah, they're learning. Ubisoft's learning. How about that? So hopefully, hopefully, this game uh, gets off to a good launch uh, come March, and I might be getting this. I might. It might be my my little uh, live. Li- I I mean. They're, they might be getting me into a live service model game huh who would have thought yeah it's happening <laughs> so that was my thoughts over division two uh why don't we get into our topic right away or do you have any uh any games you would like to to talk about before that?
1: Yeah, I've, I've already given my thoughts on Kingdom Hearts three, and that's pretty much the only game I'm playing right now. So, all right, fair enough. Although, I did get a did get myself a few games off of good old games recently. Like, got Jazz Jackrabbit. That's a game from my childhood, big staple. I, we only had the demo growing up, but mm-hmm. now I have the full version, and I'm I'm looking to jump right into it as soon as I'm done with Kingdom Hearts. And then oh, I also got FTL faster than light. Oh okay, yeah, yeah. That one looks to be interesting. It's like roguelike space spaceship management
0: mm-hmm.
1: Nice. Nice. And, and I also got A bird story and finding paradise which are the sequels to to the moon oh okay yeah you you have mentioned those before yeah i'm looking to get into those as well once i'm done with the other stuff i loved to the moon and i'm i'm interested to see how the story continues
0: there you go yeah that game meant a lot to you perfect absolutely um and for the, for the, just, just a quick reminder, uh, head on over to the Epic game store. Axiom Verge is free right now. Oh, nice. The game, uh, you introduced me to Colin. I'm very glad I got it for the switch personally, but, uh, it's free on Epic games. Even though I already have the game, I went nice. over the Epic and got it for free. Cause you can't, you can't, a, a free game never hurts. If you haven't <laughs> played it before, I encourage everyone to check it out. Yep, it's really good. If you love Metroid, you'll love Axiom Verge. Absolutely. All right, quick drop, and we'll move on into the puzzle, the poo, the the puzzle games that changed the way we puzzle. <laughs> How does Kevin try to defend a possibly bad video game? I'm telling you, that was <laughs> I, the worst part of the game. Be, you're trying to make logic out of an Man, NES game. <laughs> it. Man, you just the for D. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I think it's a good, I think it's an, a, like, I think it's above average, I'm not saying it's great. Yeah, I yeah, know, I know. It's just like, alright, maybe it's like the fact that
1: it's an acid trip, like, in a cartridge. Yeah, I suppose. Maybe that's why I thought it was fun, I, I don't just know. also thought
0: it was funny when you would
1: turn the game on and it's just Freddy Krueger standing there, it's like, oh, TM. It's like, alright, let's do this, this Freddy Krueger, you fucking pop in and you hear this goofy-ass music.
0: You can listen to further banter from the Red Leaf Retrocast via iTunes, Stitcher Smart Radio, Spotify... And all your favorite podcasting outlets. And now back to our regular show. Poozle. Poozle gamas. Poozle gamas. <laughs> well that's uh yeah, that's an interesting way to, to put it. Okay. So perhaps you've heard of these poozle games. Tetris. You heard of Tetris, Colin? What is that? What is that? lame. (laughs) (laughs) It'll never catch on. Yeah, I doubt it. Uh, So Tetris was made by, like, some Russian dude, and, you know, it came to the U.S. Uh, You know, you can just look up a simple YouTube video um, explaining, like, the origins of Tetris. But what made it popular? Well, for those that don't know, I don't know how you would. Uh, It's falling blocks of polynomials that, uh, that you try and match up, fill in gaps, and then... The blocks and rows disappear keep going things get faster very simple concept everything's uh, everything can be shaped in a different way four blocks can be shaped polynomials Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm I believe it was a launch title with the game boy yes it was and quite addicting on all platforms (laughs) all platforms it's still addicting to this day uh i spoke about playstation vr tetris effect and how addicting that is oh yeah how they manage to bring uh visuals and and music to how tetris works the amount of innovation of what they've been able to do with tetris is quite something yeah. over the years and, and keep That's it relevant it's it's definitely one of the most addicting games that's that's ever existed in my opinion. <laughs> yeah,
1: for sure. I mean, it's pretty much synonymous with video games along with Super Mario.
0: Mhm, yep. I agree. Do you associate it with Nintendo or is Tetris its own thing? I'd say it's more its own thing. Cuz
1: me and my <clears throat> me and my siblings and even my mom sometimes we'd we'd play Tetris a lot on the computer growing up. Whenever we were bored with the other games, mm-hmm. it was always fun, always addicting. We'd always try to beat each other's high score. Whenever I beat their high score, I'd just write taunting messages like, "How
0: you like that?" <laughs> it, yeah, uh, my first experience with Tetris was uh, definitely with the Game Boy, and at the dentist office of all th- of all places. Oh yeah? Yeah. I I don't know. It kind of put your I'm I was I'm I'm still scared of the dentist to this day. Uh oh, I don't man. know. It's traumatized as a child, I guess. <laughs> but you got a root canal or something? No, 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 no. Just um maybe having four teeth pulled without any anesthetic uh oh. could do that when you're when you're a child. That was Oh yikes hasn't been the same since um, <laughs> I've seen some things <laughs> you sure have yeah um, but yeah uh, there's something about Tetris in the way it kind of puts you in a mindset and relaxes you that's uh that that's what it does yeah so it's competitor Sega or Nintendo's competitor in this case they came out with a different sort of version of Tetris, and there's two of them. There's one called Columns, and the other is Poyo Puyo. The latter is more well-known at this point than the former. Yeah,
1: I remember I remember seeing Columns as in Sears catalogs as part of the mm-hmm. Sega Genesis lineup. Mm-hmm. I remember always being curious what it was supposed to be like, but I never got around to playing it. Well, no, it was like a Falling following jewel puzzle game of some sort.
0: Yes, so much like how Puyo Puyo is uh, sets of or uh, a pair of blobs, right? Yeah, and they fall down just like Tetris. You match up the colors. Once you get more than uh, three or more, um, or is it four or more? I can't remember I it's Puyo. Four. I think it's four. Uh, then they disappear. Then they disappear and. There you go. In columns, there are jewels in sets of three. Yeah. And uh, there's different jewels and uh, different colors with the jewels. So you try and match those and the colors. So the same concept as Poyo Poyo uh, came from columns. And um, you can definitely see the Tetris uh, influence like, easily. And they just kind of spun it around. So that was Sega's answer. They tried to do their own thing. Uh, Poyo Poyo ended up becoming very popular and synonymous with Sega uh, because uh, they started putting like anime characters involved, uh, having goofy little stories in some of the games. I have three Poyo Poyo games for my Sega Saturn. No, no lie. (laughs) Oh, nice. and they're they're all goofy and and uh have different little quirks about them. So it's interesting. how how do you think puzzle games from the past cuz in the in the 80s and 90s they were very popular, right? Oh yeah. Are they still popular today? Huh?
1: In modern times, I'm not quite so sure, but I do know for like, I think the 2000s, there were, there were quite a few. And I think also the early 2010s, there were quite a few puzzle games that came out. There was like the Ace Attorney series.
0: There was the Professor Layton series. Well, I'm, I'm talking more along the lines of the Tetris Puyo Puyo type games. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm. Yeah, they seem to, have, seem to have kind of
1: fallen off the radar recently because I think, I think Tetris and Puyo Puyo pretty much nailed it. I, I mean, I know recently the Switch had like Puyo Puyo Tetris released recently. I think I actually played that with you at one point.
0: Oh, yeah, it's super fun. <laughs>
1: That is a super fun game, but Aside from that, you don't really see much aside from reinventions of Tetris and Puyo Puyo. Mm -hmm. I know Puyo Puyo made a very brief appearance in uh, Sonic Mania. Did it? Yeah, it was like chemical plant zone 2. You end up...
0: Oh, you're you're talking Mean Bean Machine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Which is basically Puyo Puyo, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, I think it has to do with mobile games. Oh yeah. Yeah,
1: that's a that's a good
0: point. And these types of puzzle games are very easy to emulate. I mean, hell, my graphic there was people kids uh with their graphing calculators had Tetris on them for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, you, you- according to l the lgr lazy game reviews youtube channel some people even managed to get doom
0: on them <laughs> at this point yeah i i, I totally see that <laughs> it's, a, it's it's interesting um bejeweled that's another type of tetris poyo poyo offshoot you yeah, know candy uh crush. candy crush that's that's another one um and they've sort of monetized them into you can they, they make them borderline. I don't want to say impossible, but if you want to keep playing them or go to another level with different tasks, and uh, then you've got to wait or you need uh, certain items to get to unlock. And that's how they that's how they monetized it. So it's when you look at it from a different perspective, then. Possibly, these these types of puzzle games are uh, stronger than ever. Yeah, I mean, it pretty much is the mobile market.
1: Yeah, it's just the people who are more into console and PC gaming don't really pay attention to them.
0: Yeah, and it uh, they don't get they don't get the buzz. Candy Crush got a lot of buzz, but it sure did. <laughs> it's kind of falling out now. At that point, eh, I still play it from time to time which uh which which puzzle game do you gravitate towards the most and why mm-hmm. probably
1: probably Tetris, although mm-hmm. I haven't had as much access to the Puyo puyo type games those are those are fun, but Tetris is more my jam I mean I had it like I said played it on the p c but also had it on my game boy and the heck out of it mm-hmm. it's just just it's just a timeless game you can and everyone can enjoy it
0: doesn't matter who you are young or old yeah if i was better at poyo poyo i would gravitate towards that more oh yeah yeah i can i can imagine i definitely do i can't i, I have a, I have a hard time planning X amount of steps ahead when I don't know the colors involved. I don't know. It's 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 uh it's something I I'll, I'll definitely need to practice more and more. Much like oh, a lot yeah. of other games out there, but Tet there's something about Tetris where you just get it. Oh yeah. While the Poyo Poyo and Column series takes a little bit more thinking. Uh yeah, it's true. It's, uh, to me, it's a it's a much bigger challenge. Tetris you just, it's all about speed more than anything and just you don't need to know the next like two, three, four steps. You just oh, it's a block? It goes over here now. Uh, oh, this fits here, this fits. It's just fitting things rather than yeah. setting things up. Yeah, it makes sense. Obviously, you want to get four four more um, rows to to go away at once and that that's a Tetris but uh, you get the idea.
1: Yeah. <laughs> On a side note, you should check out the uh, the YouTube video, the history of the Soviet Union as told by the Tetris theme.
0: <laughs> oh, you <laughs> know what? Really I cool. have seen that. I have seen oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. It's really it's it's quite different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that they put lyrics to the song, and <laughs> it's really well done. <laughs> yep. Alrighty, uh, I think I've said my piece. It's interesting. Um, yeah. Alrighty. Well, oh, with that being said, I shall play uh, Chrono Cross. Yay. Geeking out of the tower discuss, Andrew doesn't know slang. I, I'm actually excited for this, and everything points to that actually working out. If if anything, everyone will come out of being like Elizabeth Banks was off the rock on that mm. one. I don't know what slang is these days. <laughs> that was so bad. I know. Off the rails, off the chain. Off a rocker. Off the rock. Where the hell you get that from the rock no you didn't all right shut up mm-hmm. and you can find more at that at geoattcast.com and now back to the show all righty 32 minutes in colin making good time good time that we are okay Colin, we have a five-star review. Would you mind reading that for me? I shall. This is
1: an iTunes slash Stitcher review from Elsa151988. Subject title, best pod, best podcast ever. Love listening to all of this cast at night after my kids go to sleep, and it is all me time. The few hours I get to spend is great, and always look forward to it
0: almost every day. Ah, that's flattering. It's very nice, might be our nicest one yet Yeah (laughs) And Colin, where can people Hit us up And leave us a review if they so choose Yeah, there's all
1: sorts of Avenues, you got iTunes You got Stitcher Radio You got Podbean And I forget the rest
0: It's everywhere but SoundCloud Pretty much Uh, If you want to contribute to the cast And help us out just head on over to iTunes and leave us a nice little review and uh, a little hint doing a little anime giveaway next month Ooh. Won't, uh, won't say what it is yet but we will you can get a head start on that by subscribing to us on any site and iTunes review would get you a second entry increase your odds uh, all you have to do is hit us up on social media. Take a screenshot that you're subscribed, subscribed. <laughs> you'll be entered. You go. I'm I'm trying to set up something through uh, uh, that's much easier to just prove that you've uh, that you're entered or subscribed somewhere. So, ah, yeah yeah, subscribe, people. <laughs> subscribe. Well, let's get into our theme puzzle games. This was your theme pick, Colin. Yes, it was. Why did you choose this theme today?
1: Yeah, puzzle games are just something I always enjoy. I mean, a lot of a lot of the games I own on the DS are puzzle games, and some of them are up there with my all-time favorites. I like the Phoenix Wright games, the Professor Layton games, Ghost Trick. <laughs> Those are always fun to play, and Ghost Trick especially has a really good story, so I highly recommend that one. <laughs> and yeah it's, i just like puzzle games they're good for good for challenging the brain i like i like doing sudoku stuff every now and again mm-hmm. it's always fun sometimes crosswords
0: but more often than not sudoku yeah i mean i've been playing resident evil a lot lately and uh, there's a lot of puzzles in those um oh yeah <laughs> Much to Kevin's chagrin. Well, you know what I've noticed now that I've played. I th- let's see, I've beaten three. Yes. Resident Evil games. Um, well, I'm almost done with uh, Nemesis. Finally. Ah, uh, nice. But the more Resident Evil I play, the more the puzzles make sense. Oh yeah. Yeah. I haven't. Like you, just start to get it. Because it's it has a lot to do with the inventory management, and um, what's really helped is I, I I write down what room and what I think the item I need in that room is. Oh yeah. Because I uh, I played through uh, all of Resident Evil 2 remake, and the puzzles there uh, with the map system, and you know you hover over certain items, and it tells you essentially what. You're missing there, while the old games didn't do that. So, playing the old ones through, I was like, I, I just wrote down, okay, there's a room on this floor that I need this. So then, when I when I got when I got an item, I just like look at my little list there, and I go, oh, okay, I have to go there. Bang, nice. no problem, right? Uh, yeah. I'm running through them much faster. Uh, I'm I'm getting more and more steeped in the universe, but so so there's an example of. It doesn't have to be a standalone puzzle game for you to enjoy. That's a different sort of puzzle element. I think that's why I really got so invested into Sweet Home last oh, yeah. year when we covered that. That was that was uh, super interesting. It's it's a puzzle game in itself, even though it's also yeah. survival to it. Uh, survival games always have a lot of puzzle elements to it. Hard puzzle elements to it. Um, I think we spoke in the past of my. Horrid Silent Hill experiences with the puzzles in those games. Those are ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah, they are cryptic as hell. Those are really bad. So what makes... What do you think makes a good puzzle game for the theme? I think... I think if it's... uh, If
1: it's puzzles just kind of get your brain going, they make you think successfully. Mm -hmm. Just got to... I mean you got to strike that right balance between uh cryptic and downright obtuse. Right. Cuz as we saw with games like King's Quest, they could <laughs> the logic would just be completely bonkers.
0: Point and click adventure, which is essentially an all puzzle game series. That that's uh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes King, King's Quest uh and Space Quest those those things get a little ridiculous. <laughs> yeah.
1: You definitely need a lot of beta testers for games like that because what makes sense to you might
0: not make sense to most other people. That's well said. Absolutely. How do you make a, a, a real-time strategy is essentially a or, or not real time? Turn-based strategy is essentially a moving puzzle. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like
1: Fire Emblem Advance Wars, War yeah. Groove. War
0: Groove, that's right. Go buy that <laughs> shit. <laughs> I play. I, I streamed an entire uh, side mission of that, and it took like an hour. I was so I was just so into it. I was like, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I think there's a. I think I think um, in terms of a simplistic puzzle game, that's kind of what uh, we chose for a lot of these. Uh, to the and to a point, uh, a puzzle platformer where you're moving around a level, and you know you got to get certain items, and that'll or platform a certain way. Um, yeah. Yeah. You got to have some sort of simplicity to it with a staging difficulty that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You got to find that balance. I agree. Yeah.
1: I think I remember <laughs> Yahtzee having a similar comment in his review of Cave Story. <laughs> He's like, might make sense in the moment, but chances are you, <laughs> or <laughs> the chance is high that. It's possible you're mad. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: pretty good. Yeah. Well, let's get let's get into uh, the first game. We have eight games to go through. Uh, each host picked two, um, including the guest who uh, couldn't make it. But Colin, what was your first pick? My first pick was Boulder Dash. <sighs>
1: It's uh, developed by Peter Lipa and Chris Gray and published by First Star Software. Released in 1984 on the Atari 8-bit, but later ported to a large number of different systems, including Commodore 64, Atari 2600, and NES.
0: Actually, it was the Atari 5200. Oh, there was a 2600 version, too. I'm sure there is. I just couldn't find it. I tried to to find it, but I played the NES version personally. Ah, yeah. Yeah, me
1: too. (laughs) My my emulator couldn't do the Atari version for shit. Uh,
0: That's pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah. Damn it, this shit's too old. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I picked this one because I remember playing it on the Commodore 64 growing up. I mean, it wasn't one of my favorite games, but it was still fun. Now, this is... (laughs) This one is definitely one of the simpler ones. It's sort of a sort of plays similar to Dig Dug. You're digging through like dirt and caves to uh, avoid boulders. You basically cuz if you dig out the dirt from under a boulder, it falls. And you have to avoid it when you when it does. Now you you got to the object of the game is to collect gems. And when you get enough, an exit appears... And you need to get to
0: it before the time expires. Now... Yeah, you gotta get enough of them... As well to open the exit. Yep. yep. And when
1: you... And you gotta be careful with the boulders... Because if there are multiple boulders on top of each other... And you dig out the dirt from the sides of the stack... They'll they'll actually fall sideways... And down like marbles.
0: Yeah, what a cheap shit. When, I, when that <sighs> happened, I was like, hey... <laughs> that's not how. That's not how this works. <laughs> tricky, <Yeah>. tricky.
1: <laughs> and sometimes you need to kill monsters to get gems.
0: That was cool. That was yeah. cool. I, 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 like I like that. that how uh, that that that's a, it was a good example of the game kind of throwing new elements at you in in a very simple setting where you know level 1, one dash 1-1 one, it was just simply don't dig under a single rock right yeah and then as you as you move on don't you, the 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 next challenge was don't dig next to two of them uh then you have other things uh you have to avoid so it was it was cool it was cool
1: yeah yeah i I actually enjoyed this one for maybe 10 minutes, but then after
0: that, I kind of got bored. It's just... Same shit, a lot of the levels. Monotony Monotony became a thing, sure. Yeah. Uh, But it is a much older game in that sense. Probably the oldest... uh, We've covered in a while. Uh, We don't go back to 1984 too much, or even earlier. So... uh, I think it's worth. I think it's worth checking out. It's definitely a solid game. It's just you know it doesn't have much more to it once you get through uh, the first few stages. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Simple enough. I
1: have to just give it barely a fail. It's just. Oh wow, that's harsh for Boulder Dash. Eh, just just for my personal tastes. I mean, I just feel like it wa- wears out its welcome pretty quickly. Uh-
0: I suppose if you, when you compare it to the other games on the list, I can agree. <laughs> okay. All right. Next game.
1: All right. Next is Mario and Wario on the Super Famicom. That's right. We're going Japanese here, people. Love it. Yeah. It was developed by Game Freak, the Pokemon guys
0: and published <laughs> when they were allowed to make other games? <laughs> <laughs> no way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And it was published by Nintendo, released on the Super Famicom in August 27th of 1993, only in Japan.
0: Much later than I expected, but hey, Super Famicom so it made sense. Yeah.
1: And this is the according to Wikipedia, this is the first Mario game to ever not be released anywhere other than Japan. Oh. But possibly not the only one. Didn't know that. Yeah, the more you know. <laughs> now, the, the premise is fairly simple and quirky. Wario is up to no good and starts dropping objects like buckets and barrels onto Mario's head. And what
0: a dick. He, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and since he apparently can't remove them himself, Mario can only wander blindly and the player. Controls a fairy named Wanda, who can use her magic to change the environment in order to guide Mario to Luigi, so he can remove the object.
0: the fa- The fairy was uh, a bit forced.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you have to use the uh, Super Super Nintendo mouse for this game.
0: Now, the yeah, reason- I, w- I, w- I wish I had it because I have a Super Nintendo mouse. How cool would that be? <laughs> it should have came out in the west
1: yeah i would have i would have been all over that now the the reason i know about this game to begin with is thanks to pokemon blue and red oh where if you go up to a game console in someone's house at one point the display will say it's a game about mario with a bucket on his head <laughs> oh my and god I, I never knew that Hey. Eh? There you go. And that got me wondering if it was, in fact, a real game. And then once Google and Wikipedia became commonplace, I looked it up and found this game.
0: That's crazy. You're, you would remember something like that all these years later. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I just got
1: so curious. I mean, I never saw a single Western-released Mario game that had him <laughs> with a bucket on his head. So I was just determined to know, what was this game? <laughs> and well- since... Since both Pokemon and this game were made by game Freak it makes sense makes sense for a little bit of a
0: callback, yeah that does that does make sense um I thought this game was a bit too easy, oh yeah, yeah I mean you're just hit hitting the empty empty blocks accordingly um you know uh Mario just keeps going like a lemming uh, we'll get we we'll, uh, hint we'll get to that game <laughs> uh. <laughs> But the the blocks, I felt, didn't have a large variety to them. Or at least it didn't happen quick enough. Hmm. I, I thought it... I think that was probably just for the first
1: level. The second... I think level two is when things start getting really challenging because some of the blocks you have to... are timed. They're only there for like a short time, so you got to kind of click them in sequence and... <laughs> at the right time, otherwise Mario will fall onto spikes.
0: No, I mean, I, I get it. I just didn't think the... Maybe, I, I feel like the game was holding itself back by oh, yeah? already kind of giving... I felt the answer was already there before you, didn't, you even started levels. Hmm. Like, you could in, immediately see it. But maybe that's the charm. Maybe that's also part of the charm of the game. Yeah. Although in later levels they they all get really
1: they all start getting really big, so that that requires a little more strategy on the player's part.
0: There, there is um, there's a few offshoots of this game. Uh, I believe one's called like Mario and Donkey Kong, May- or yeah, Mario and Donkey Kong uh, Mayhem. They came oh. out of the DS and 3DS respectively. Uh, those games, and uh, it's definitely an offshoot of this mario and wario series and use the uh, the stylus to oh, uh yeah to uh get you to do a lot of blocks and that that had a lot more uh a lot more originality to it i, I think i think that this this being the first one i think it's fine just think the, the challenge wasn't quite there for me oh
1: yeah
0: fair enough i'd I should I should check those out
1: I mean I I like this game enough it's it's an easy pass for me
0: it's barely a fail Aww. I do I did like the goofiness of Mario just having a bucket on his head and he has to get to Luigi at the end and Luigi takes the bucket off and they're like yay <laughs> 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 like,
1: okay <laughs> and apparently
0: Wario has nothing better to do with, to do with this time <laughs> it should have been the other way around I think oh, yeah. I think <laughs> Luigi should have won uh should have been the one uh with the bucket on his head. <laughs> uh I don't know. I didn't yeah, look maybe. up I didn't look up later levels. Uh I only played it for like 30 minutes an hour. Um, I wonder if Luigi also gets a bucket on his head and you have to do both Mario and Luigi. <laughs> and then you get to the end and uh like Peach or someone then takes the buckets off their heads. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's
1: like three difficulty levels. There's Peach who moves more slowly, and then, and then Mario is medium difficulty, and then I think Yoshi was the fastest, which is highest difficulty.
0: Right. It was it was weird that they based sp- the speed of the character as the difficulty.
1: Yeah,
0: I, I think it worked. It was different. Oh, that was different. I, I, my my first thought was, okay, the puzzles will be harder. Now, nah, character just moves faster.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's you get the more fast paced it is, the faster you have to think. I mean, I get. Yeah, I get that. Or plan ahead. Yeah. Alrighty. Yeah, that's pretty much all there is to say.
0: Yeah. So let's get to uh, Kevin's pick. Um. Okay. I'll do the first one. You can do the second one. Alrighty. So Kevin's first pick, uh, whom also couldn't be here today, poor guy. Uh, <laughs> he just, he uh, he didn't have emergencies. We kn- we knew about him not being here uh, weeks ago. So uh, his uh, first pick is Tetris Attack. Hmm. Came out on the Super Nintendo and Game Boy. Runs for about six to ten bucks. Um, oh, that's something we failed to mention here. Boulder Dash runs about fourteen bucks on the NES, among others. Oh, yeah. uh, and then the Mario Mario Warrior game is about ten bucks if you own a Super Famicom. So for that price, I think it's worth it. Sure. Yeah. So Tetris Attack, developed by Intelligent Systems, the Fire Emblem people. Oh. Published by Nintendo. Released Japan October twenty seventh, nineteen ninety five. Worldwide later in nineteen ninety six. Uh, okay. so much like columns, <laughs> but instead you have all the blocks already on the board, right? Yeah, it's like a match three game. Yeah, you have, uh, you, you control these two white squares that, that go around the, uh, the blocks that are already on the board. Um, and you have the ability to, uh, swap or switch yeah. the blocks and, uh, try and get at least three matching shapes or colors to clear them out so funny that a game that was called tetris reminded me more of columns <laughs> ha. you know yeah because you're not you're not filling in gaps you're 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 matching right yeah so uh and the uh the uh the, the mario aesthetic to it all was very was quite pleasing <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly
1: wasn't expecting this to be like a, a Mario Yoshi game, mm-hmm. and I thought that was kind of cool. I I vastly enjoyed this game. Yeah, me too. It's one of the ones I spent more time on than the others.
0: And there's that there's that competitive co-op factor the game has as well. You know? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, I remember there was a two-player option.
0: Yeah. I uh I did get to play the the two player and things get heated, man. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's good. Uh, it's it's two people getting. I mean, I, I saw a lot of uh, t- uh Poyo Poyo versus Tetris has you know attack modes in it as well, and um, so this was this was a a, a welcome, a very welcome challenge, especially when you're against friends. <laughs> nice. It's uh gets an easy pass from me. Yeah, I'll give it a pass, too. It's but yeah, I, th- I think the Mario aesthetic was definitely my, my favorite part. The colors were very nice.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: so, so far, so good. Mm-hmm. What was Kevin's second pick? It is, ah, Real Monsters on Super Nintendo and
1: Genesis. <clears throat> this one I didn't get to spend a lot of time on because I was pretty stretched for time after work this week it's like it was developed by real time associates that is in television games
0: or they made in television they made a bunch of in television games that was their (laughs) that was their prime time (laughs) (laughs) and the and published by
1: Viacom the evil corporation (laughs) (laughs) Released in August of 1995. <laughs> now, personally, I, I didn't really watch much of uh, Real Monsters as a kid because I didn't really have Nickelodeon on any of the networks okay. that we had. But I knew it existed.
0: Oh, I watched quite a bit of uh, Real Monsters as a kid. <laughs> I, I, I did. It was, uh, it was an interesting show, like right up there in the Ren and Stimpy type stuff. The, the unique oh, yeah. kind of gross 90s aesthetic to it all. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> I really liked the color, the sprites, and the animation uh, all matched up with the show, what I remember. Um, however, I don't think this game's very good. Yeah, it's
1: a, I remember thinking, where exactly are the puzzles in this puzzle game? This just looks like a platformer. <laughs> uh,
0: so, so it's a it's a puzzle. It's what you would call a puzzle platformer, where yeah. you uh, you go around a. Um, oh man, what's another example? Um, Arrow the Acrobat can be considered oh, yeah. a puzzle platformer, where you you have your stage and you run around your singular. Uh, map area, and uh-huh. as you go around that map, you either find items or you get skills that can get you to the end of uh, the stage, which is usually so- located somewhere on the map, right? Oh, yeah, that's the idea. This executes it in the most below par generic way I've seen in a long time. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very uninspiring, especially with the, to me, clear and easy potential this game had. Yeah, I can imagine. Because you have your you have your three main characters from the show, right? And they're uh, they're supposed to have a special move and a unique trait, right? That gets you over obstacles. So you're you're using your skills and traits, uh. At like a puzzle, and you switch between the characters as a puzzle would to overcome the obstacle, right? Yeah. But it's so rinse and repeat all the time that you'd never feel like you're really accomplishing anything, and everything then starts to look more or less the same over and over oh, again. Yeah. It's Like, oh, this person jumps more. Uh, oh, a human. I scare them. Okay. But I have to scare them with this monster. And you you, you you know these things immediately, so you lose yeah. interest, the challenge isn't there. Yeah, it's not very not very engaging. not engaging. that's a, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, Which is a real Definitely. shame because ath- aesthetically, it looked it, it was very pleasing, and then all of a sudden, I wasn't pleased anymore. <laughs> yeah, I have to give this one a fail. It's an easy fail. I can already tell you, it's the worst game on the list. <laughs> Alrighty, let's get into um, let's get into my first pick. This will be fun. Yeah, I went. Uh, you guys, you guys seem to be what. What I like to do on this cast when I'm picking my games is think outside the box and picks pick something that the all you other guys aren't right, way different uh-huh. and. When you chose the puzzle game themes, I kind of had an idea of which ones I was going to choose. Oh, yeah. And I went the PlayStation route. So we're we're thinking more 3D at this point and Mm -hmm. isometric, if you will. So I thought outside the box and I go, you know what, I'm going to pick a game that frustrated me to no end as a kid. <laughs> and then I'm gonna pick a game that looked incredibly Japanese and strange. <laughs> the first one. Uh, oh, and uh, aro Monsters is six dollars, by the way, if you want that piece of th- piece of thing. Okay, so <laughs> the first game I picked was No One Can Stop Mister Domino. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely the weirdest title on the cast. <laughs> Absolutely. PlayStation uh, developed by Art Dink. Uh, whom- <laughs> yeah well they they they're uh they're well known for making a bunch of anime games of no note <laughs> <laughs> i guess uh a couple of years ago they made um sword art online lost song which was a generic rpg with the sword art online characters uh Aye. published by acclaim in north america jvc of all people in europe <laughs> art think themselves did uh Uh, published it themselves in japan released japan january 8th 1998 europe september 1998 north america october 31st 1998 a little time in between there premise of this is you are a domino you know a person domino thing uh anthropomorphic (laughs) uh you run around essentially a track think of like a racetrack where you go in a circle and you set dominoes accordingly as you run over certain squares and uh, you avoid obstacles and the like uh, and there's even uh quick time buttons that you'd press which uh, gives you uh, you know you can see the prompt on the on the ground press it accordingly and um, that'll go through you can go around this track as many times as you need you know it kind of like resets until you you're confident you beat the you beat the level and uh upon completion or something that you think the the, set, the the idea is for everything to flow together in one fluid motion of these dominoes falling over and what's cool is uh there are spaces in between so for like the button prompts it triggers a uh what do you call those a Rorschach machines no you know the linked contraptions. There's a name for them, like Rube Goldberg. Rube Goldberg. My God, Rorschach is the or uh, the ink blots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rube Goldberg. Yeah, that was cool. I wasn't expecting that going in, where the dominoes will trigger like Rude Go- various Rube Goldberg machines that are uh, linked to the dominoes going down. It was really cool. Yeah, I, yeah. I like that about this game. <laughs> and it functions like an endless runner until you complete your track. Yeah
1: yeah i really i really well i didn't manage to get a copy of this game so i watched it on youtube Mm -hmm. but what i saw of it looked really good really really entertaining it's like i mean the music's catchy the visuals are really unique and colorful i especially like the amusement park stage because it's It's got good music and visuals, but also cool use of various rides as part of the background. It's just a lot of fun to look at.
0: It's very pleasing, surprisingly enough. It it does have that wonky 3D mid to late 90s look to it. You know, it might not be for everybody. Um, Might throw you off visually at first, but I quickly got used to it and really enjoyed the aesthetic to it all. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I, I like the sense of humor it had. Like in in stage three, you see the grandpa wake up off the floor. And he opens a nearby cabinet, gets hit with a boxing glove, and then that knocks him over, and then he falls on the first <laughs> domino in the chain.
0: Yes, yes, it ha- it has it, yeah. There's a there, there's a good little variety. I mean, even the first level is uh, uh well the first. Kind of area is uh, the casino, and the the first level is like Fat Tony's Lodge or something, and it's Phat. <laughs> <laughs> that immediately stood out to me, and I was like, "Yeah, we're in the we're the late nineties here." <laughs> uh, that's funny. You remember calling kids fat in school, but you were like, "No, I called you Phat Fat, which means you're cool." <laughs> <laughs> eh, honestly that
1: that was never a thing when i where i went to school
0: oh well okay fine you didn't grow up in houston then i guess <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have the phat things in, in 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 the good old canada
1: not that i knew of at least not what? in the school I oh went to man i mean we knew it existed we just didn't use it oh <laughs> so we just thought it was lame
0: Oh, you call you calling us lame, Colin? <laughs> calling the Americans lame? Damn <laughs> yeah, right. We're Canadian bitch. Uh <laughs> I really I really I was pleasantly surprised with no one can stop Mr. Domino. Yeah, me too. I mean I thought that maybe it'd be kind of
1: a generic setup domino game, but this really gave a good unique spin to it easy pass for me
0: easy pass as well Alrighty, righty
1: i can tell it would be pretty hard if i were to actually play it but just the way it's
0: executed i would i would eat it right up just rise to the challenge well because it because it gives you the option to continually uh restart the level when you go around the track oh yeah um yeah that makes sense you start you start getting the hang of things much easier than you would expect oh yeah yeah Cool. and it's and it's cheap. It's only about nine bucks. Ooh,
1: yeah. I, think I'll I pick don't, it up next time I'm at a retro game store if I see it.
0: Yeah, I don't. Well, it's it's. Uh, I I found it difficult to find because uh, I've been looking myself. I had to emulate it, unfortunately. Ah, um, oh, yeah. And I don't think it's on the PSN store either, which is weird. Ah, yeah. Bummer, yeah. I right know. So the second game. ...comes with a childhood story. Oh, This is Intelligent Cube... ...the PlayStation. Developed by G-Artists... <laughs> ...published <laughs> by Sony... ...released Japan January 31st, 97... ...North America September 30th, 97... ...Europe October 97. Okay. So... I was a member of the PlayStation Underground magazine and they came with demo discs. Yes. And to my memory, could be wrong, but I know Intelligent Cube was on one of those demo discs. I believe it was the same one with Twisted Metal and Tomb Raider. So I played the fuck out of that demo disc. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So, when I decided I want to play a different game, I'd throw on Intelligent Cube every now and again and maybe get through a level. But my Let's see, 97, I would have been uh 9 years old. <laughs> uh-huh. This game's pretty damn complicated and confusing, especially for my 9-year-old brain. <laughs> oh yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> So what this game is, and I'll get to the more uh, the story later, is you run around a basically platform and there's cubes just rolling at you Mm -hmm. and you clear certain cubes as they approach and the cubes are cleared by marking a spot on the stage and then you wait for the um, various cubes to roll on that spot and then they disappear So it deactivates them, as the game wants to say. And that's the best way I can describe it. It gets a little bit more complicated with the different colored blocks, and you can't clear the solid black ones unless you have, like, a chain with them all. So, Colin, can you help me out here? Because I'm 31 now, and I'm still a bit confused playing this game.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I wrote a bit of an explanation myself. So it's like you said, as you said, cubes rolling towards you. You control a guy running around on some plane of existence lighting up squares in front of individual cubes in order to, quote, capture them Mm -hmm. as they roll on top of the lit square. It's like regular gray cubes will just disappear. But then you get green cubes that will explode and hit the eight surrounding squares. And black cubes are forbidden, as in they should not be captured or exploded. And if they are, a row will fall off the edge of the stage because that's the other thing. You've, you've got like a set number of squares that you can allow the the blocks to roll towards you before it's too late to clear okay. all of them.
0: Uh, yeah, that, that would make more sense. <laughs>
1: yeah. You do have a little bit of leeway in that you can allow three gray cubes to fall off the end before game over. But... Yeah, it seems to be one of those think-on-the-fly puzzle games where you have only a short amount of time to solve the puzzles. Otherwise, it's game over.
0: Yeah, it's a very interesting and complicated setup, but it makes sense in the end once you understand the basics. The issue I had as a child, which I had when I was first booting this game up, was the basics aren't exactly clear. Oh, yeah. And that's what made it a difficult uh, transition, especially when we're comparing a lot of the other games on this list. This was easily the most complicated. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think there was actually some tutorials in the game, at least in the video I watched. Mm.
0: Yeah, like Yeah. How,
1: how the gray cubes work, the green cubes and the black cubes. Yeah. I wish the demo disc had that. Oh, Oh, that. Oh, yeah. That then that would be that would be pretty confusing.
0: It's to this day the worst demo I've ever played because I just <laughs> didn't fucking get it. Oh man, that's I was like, I'm trying to clear the blocks. Why am I dying all the time? Oh, the black <laughs> ones pull off, uh, make the edge fall off, but you don't see you don't, you don't actually see the edge falling. You know, it's oh. always off-screen kind of deal. Yeah. Uh, huh. It's, the it, videos I watched it would always like
1: zoom in and watch the, see them fall
0: uh, well I mean not in the demo disc well then fuck that demo disc yeah I know right it was stupid <laughs> <laughs> so regardless of all this I loved the challenge oh yeah
1: it was yeah, very I, addicting I can, tell, I can tell I would have loved it if I had managed to get a copy Yeah,
0: it is not cheap it yeah, runs I noticed anywhere from 60 to 100 plus dollars yeah holy fuck and then here's the kicker the game is available on the PSN store not in North America though it's available in, in the Japan and Euro store you'd have to create a new account just to get it <laughs> that sucks yeah Although, isn't it also on the PlayStation classic the PlayStation classic did come out and it was on there You're indeed correct. Yeah, I
1: feel like that would be the only game I would truly buy it for.
0: That's what a lot of people were, at least in North America. Everyone's like, oh "Oh my god, Intelligent Cube! (laughs) Because we can't get it. (laughs) Yeah, really. So, uh, bad childhood memories, didn't get it. I get it now, much more clear. Um, It's still pretty complicated because there's that sense of 3D visualization that you have to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know what this reminded me a lot of? The game What's Catherine. That? Oh
1: yeah, yeah. That makes sense because that's a lot of that involves a lot of cubes as
0: well. Yeah, pull it, pulling cubes, making some disappear. Uh, to, I think Catherine is the successor to what Intelligent Cube is, and I I know there's some PSP Intelligent Cubes out PSP games and some sequels and whatnot, but. I think what what made Catherine interesting was it, it has a lot of this concept, right, of 3D oh, yeah. visualization and, and clearing blocks and going up a stage uh and and turned it upside down, innovated it. Yeah. So if you want a uh challenging puzzle game that has uh I wish there was a lot more aesthetic to this. Yeah. Extremely plain that would have definitely ramped it up a notch. Yeah, no um no music, it was just this narrator, you're on a plain black abyss existence. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, they could at least have like a a sky, big sky view like some like in some of the stages of Mario Sunshine or Yeah, anything. Space. Do a pre-rendered background for for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah, really. You could even put in some stuff from other PlayStation games like Final Fantasy or or uh, Crash Bandicoot.
0: Yeah. I like I could see a success an intelligent cube sequel where it's uh like Tetris effect where it's music based yeah. to an extent. Yeah, that would be really cool. Really cool. I don't think it's worth the 60 to 100 dollar entry fee, but I for the PSN purposes, if you, for our Japanese and Euro, European listeners out there, uh, definitely go on the PSN store and check this game out. So. For sure. Alrighty, why don't you why don't you do Gilo's, uh Gylo's first pick? That's our it's our seventh game. We're going through pretty quick today.
1: Yeah. All right. The first game is Lemmings, <laughs> developed by DMA Design. AKA rockstar and published by signosis, which is a subsidiary of British publish of Sony.
0: Yeah. It's like this British publisher that Sony owns. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hmm.
1: It was released in the EU on February 14th, 1991. And in North America on 1992, initially on the Amiga, but then it got ported to a whole bunch of other stuff like DOS and Super Nintendo, which is the version I played. I played the NES one. Huh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Now, the the way this game works is you have all these blue and green lemmings that are that you need to guide to the exit while avoiding obstacles, pits, and, and lava, and other such things. And you have to, there's like a minimum number of lemmings that you have to get to the exit. And you, you assign various lemmings different roles and techniques in order to get them there. Like some you will assign as builders who will basically put together little staircases to get over obstacles or some are climbers where they can actually climb the walls mm-hmm. and others are floaters where they basically have little parasols that they can use to break their fall from a high height because if if they fall from too high of a height then they die
0: They go splat Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah i I can tell this game was originally meant for a computer because a mouse and keyboard would have been a lot less cumbersome than a controller.
0: Do you I know if the Super Nintendo version is compatible with the mouse? I
1: don't know I mean I played the regular controller version, but i i can I can imagine it being compatible with it.
0: Yeah, it should be anyways <laughs> yeah. the n a s version was quite difficult because of the cursor and how small the lemmings were. Oh yeah, I can totally imagine. That was uh, that was that was pretty frustrating, but um the cha- the challenge is quite nice. The te- all the techniques and roles that you assign to lemmings is is super fun. Uh, yeah. There there's a sense of there's such a sense of accomplishment in this game when you get when when you finally figure out okay i need to get these to, these guys to climb these guys to build this guy to stop so they don't fall off an edge and you yeah. and then you just see row uh you just see rows and rows of them just get to the exit and you're like yay i did it yeah
1: <laughs> yeah i remember as a kid i could never figure this game out i knew it involved giving the lemmings abilities
0: <laughs> ah this was your intelligent cube
1: sort of i mean <laughs> we didn't have it on my computer but i had friends who had it on theirs and i i couldn't for the life of me figure out how to give them their abilities i was like
0: oh yeah one of those
1: situations <laughs> yeah but now i do know and i found it to be quite
0: satisfying yeah. this game is actually free on the microsoft store oh nice yeah totally free <laughs> cool beans easy pass easy yeah, pass
1: definitely give this one a pass and i can see there's a bit of well we mentioned it earlier there's some similarity between this and mario and wario just guiding characters who move on their own to an end goal
0: yep yep the uh, essentially the same concept um yep. the but this is definitely a lot more strategic the NES version was like the most expensive version at, at twenty three dollars, about, and everything else was about ten bucks. If you Not want it. to get it on console, so um, pretty cool. It, it it does get a little frustrating at times with uh, with some Lemmings levels because you're on that singular screen because you can see the exit and everything, but just trying Not to it. just trying to work it is uh, can be frustrating. Especially when you know, like, if you mess up just one thing, you have to start the whole whole stage over again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there's a... Uh, yeah, there's that. Alrighty. Although, you have the ability
1: to explode all of the lemmings on screen if you want to start over.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, the, the, but starting over is, like, the it, that, that's... The, the punishment seems overly harsh, you know? Yeah. But it makes sense in the game... You know, take that for what it's worth. Yeah, yeah. Alrighty. Last game on the list, eighth, is Dr. Mario on the yeah. Nintendo Entertainment System. Runs about $6, six <laughs> buckaroos. Developed and published by Nintendo. Released July 27th, 1990. Uh huh. It's just like, uh. Just like Columns, essentially, but you have pills that have two halves. I'm sorry. The game calls them capsules. <laughs> Gotta make it PG, you know? Uh, but they have two halves. Uh, each side has a color. Um, both halves can have the same color. Uh, you you match up the colors in threes or more uh, to clear them, uh, while the overall objective of each stage is to clear what's called viruses, which are like a set... Uh, pieces to clear along the level, mm-hmm. or a, on the stage. So there you go. It's a it's an extremely simple concept. Has two music tracks. Yeah. Don't take your po- pick. Your poison because that's all you're gonna hear. <laughs> yeah.
1: Very addicting game though. I must say. Absolutely. This is one of the ones I played the most of all of these games. Mm-hmm.
0: I played this the least, uh, just in the terms of the last couple weeks, because I've already played this game a lot. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, yeah, makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I remember playing this one briefly at my brother's friend's house and being completely <laughs> unable to figure it out because it was—it seemed like it was like Tetris, but I—I I couldn't couldn't quite figure out how to make the the viruses disappear.
0: Correct. That's yeah. I mean, but once you get it down it's uh in concept everything's like right in front of you but there's yeah. something about how everything falls in the place that gives it that extra challenge and where the viruses are placed you're just like god it's in the way uh you you could easily like screw yourself over and get a game over just placing yeah. capsules in the wrong areas it's, it's 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 very interesting what they what they are able to do with the tetris columns type formula and mold it together
1: yeah yeah yeah, it's one of those games where if you screw up even once, it kind of destroys your rhythm, and it's pretty difficult to get it back. But with a little practice, it gets easier and easier to get your ryth- get yeah. groove back. Some people are really good at
0: this game, too. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. It was, yeah. it was pretty big way back when. It was big. Uh, easy pass. Uh, very simple. There you go. Yeah,
1: Yeah, it's it's one of the it's about as addicting as tetris and while frustrating at times it can also be pretty exhilarating to get out of a tough spot mm-hmm. and it's definitely skill-based and i also i also give this one an easy pass
0: Alrighty. righty uh not much for fan comments this time to- this time puzzle games uh you know, when you think of retro games, you don't go back and, and choose the puzzle games very often. So the fan comments were, I just conglomerated into one thought because they all kind of said the same thing. Most have never played any of them besides Dr. Mario, but that one's fun. <laughs> 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 Which I was surprised that, you know, uh, to me, Lemmings is kind of... Yeah,
1: yeah, that one seems pretty ubiquitous, at least for PC gamers.
0: yeah that would I thought that would have had a lot more but anyways uh, why don't you run through like the first half of our little community shout outs yeah. and if you want to leave a, if you want to get into this community shout out there day before we record over the weekends I put out a pinned tweet or an Instagram photo of uh, games recovering on the cast all you have to do is like or retweet the a uh, the and you can get on. So, why don't you run through the first half here? All right. There's RDT World of Sport, <laughs> Piquina Gamer,
1: Everliving Games, Costa, Ufta Games, Fiend XTC, Ken Calcaterra, Pod Fever, ABG2SAV, Mad Hennessy, and
0: Curio H Hap. There you go. Bunch of scholars right there. Next half <laughs> we got podcast movement. Bunny ACPC PJ Alpha Podcast. Look at that guy. Sure, his podcast is good too. The Podglomerant, Inspired Bread. There's your best name of the of the of the group right there. I love that one. I love you the most, Inspired Bread. <laughs> AW gaming, Super Retro Games. I love those guys. I love all the work they do. Uh fleeksy PNG gamer. Hey, look at that guy, Woo. he still exists. My Little Kingdom <laughs> 82, Terry James, and our boy Gylo, who unfortunately couldn't make it today. So awesome. Ah, too bad. And if you want to join a community, we have partnered up with the Retro Twitch community. So to join their Discord, it's very easy. Uh, just go to twitter.com retro Twitch, um, Got a link to the Discord. There you go. Good retro gaming community. And all things other retro. We've also now part of the Anime Radicals group. So definitely hit those up. And with that, Colin, favorite and least favorite game of the cast? For favorite,
1: it's a bit of a tough choice. But I think I'm gonna go with No One Can Stop Mr. Domino. Because that's seems like the most unique it would be mm-hmm. the most satisfying to play and i just the most fun i'd say although intelligent cube and dr mario get an honorable and oh and lemmings uh, a lot
0: of winners on this cast luckily yeah.
1: enough and as for least favorite definitely Areal real monsters
0: yeah i was i was like are you gonna say is this guy gonna say boulder dash and throw me for a loop <laughs> <laughs> nah. <laughs> at
1: least Boulder Dash, I can. <laughs> at least Boulder Dash is interesting for a while. This, I agree. Not quite so much.
0: Yep. Uh, my least favorite's easily uh, RO Monsters. I vastly disliked that game, despite the fun aesthetic to it and how much I liked the show growing up. So that was uh, that was a surprise. But hey, <laughs> can't have everything. And at first, I was gonna choose Tetris Attack. I thought that was easily going to be my, my most favorite, because it was the most uh, most pleasing to look at, very addicting, however, I am in the same mindset as you, Colin, my favorite is No One Can Stop Mr. Domino, as you nice. said, very unique, I love unique games, uh, I love things that set themselves apart from others, and that's uh, that's what No One Can Stop Mr. Domino did very well. All right. So, Cool. Short and simple cast today. It is under two hours, uh, under an hour and a half at this point. Yeah. Uh, let's. I, I wonder how it's going to be in post, but hey, uh, this has been Redleaf Retrocast episode 37. Puzzle games. Go hit us up on the Twitter, the Instagram, uh, whether it's Redleaf Retrocast Apple and JD. Use the hashtag Redleaf Retrocast. Love that shit. And we'll see you next time. Bye now. <laughs> back.